Hey, everybody, you're listening to Top Quartile, where we bring you stories from the front lines of growth in community-focused financial services. Hello and welcome to Top Quartile. I'm your host, Dan Marks, and I've got a great guest here. Um, John Dagan is the CEO and president of Baker Hill. And so, John, welcome to the show. Thank you. As we get started, tell us about what is your, you know, kind of your background and uh, some of the aspects of your current role there at Baker Hill. Yeah, I was uh, born and raised in Wisconsin. I'm one of 10. So I have six sisters and three brothers. My dad was a physical education teacher. So um, came up uh, in the great state of Wisconsin and the Badgers, went to Marquette University uh, and came out of Marquette. And I started working uh, for a company named Diebold, which is now Diebold Nixdorf. So since the early 20s, mostly what I've done from a career perspective in one way, shape or form has been um, providing, selling, providing, supporting financial institutions with technology, um, usually uh, in support of either their retail or their backroom operations activity. So that's uh, before Baker Hill, a lot of my formative career was with uh, Diebold uh, working in the technology space. Yeah, I think it's great background. So what is one fascinating fact that most people don't know about you? Um, I, I think the comment probably would be they don't, they don't know that I'm from such a large family. And so when I, when I usually, especially nowadays, because uh, when I talk about a large family, usually people are talking in terms of three or four. But coming from a family of, again, six sisters and three brothers uh, uh, was something that usually catches them off guard. And then I, I couple that usually with I think right now the number of nieces and nephews I have um, that came from those 10 is well into the 50s. So that usually takes people uh, off guard when you, ha- when you come from a family of that size. It's certainly, when anytime you go to a family reunion, you got to do a little bit of a touch up in terms of names and years and who belongs to who. But uh, it's been a great, uh, it's been a, the joy of our life to be from such a big family. And I actually have five kids of my own. Awesome. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you were used to working in big organizations from the very beginning, right? That's right. I mean, <laughs> it, that's where I developed teamwork, no, no doubt. It was, uh, you had to work hard to make things happen, and you certainly had to figure out how to get along. So uh, it, was a, it was a great upbringing. Well, uh, what, what's growth been like at Baker Hill recently? It's been very good. I mean, as you can imagine, you know, I think most people understand what Baker Hill does. We're in the uh, loan origination risk management business. Um, you know, uh, the investments in digital platforms across the board certainly uh, was a very critical space and, and uh, got a lot of attention going into COVID. But COVID um, clearly has brought a lot of that investment that was planned over a five to seven year period and brought it forward uh, rapidly in the last two years. And, and again, what primarily is driving that, you know, in March of 2020, financial institutions were not ready to uh, effectively run their business in a remote remote environment. And having a digital platform in place or plans to get there was critical for them. And, and we played a role in certainly doing that. So a lot of business came forward into uh, 20 and 21 and quite frankly is continuing today because now it's a competitive advantage issue for them. So in that role of helping so many financial institutions, you know, deploy digital lending and those kind of things, you probably see all sorts of different things. What are what are some FIs doing to to more effectively grow quality loans in in this environment? Yeah, I think again, it gets to that digital platform and being able to put in effectively, you know, replace manual processes that they may have had in place 
for the different components or, or workflows necessary to underwrite and decision alone. So to be able to bring that and implement that now in one uh, digital platform is, is critical and it's critical for error reduction. It's critical for speed. So being able to respond to your client and and be able to outcompete the uh, the financial institution down the street. Um, and then, you know, certainly in today's environment, as you can imagine, financial institutions similar to technology firms are going to be the, the uh, you know, the race for labor and uh, the competition for labor is significant. So being able to provide a platform that all the disparate functions can work on collectively while possibly still being in person or 100% remote or some hybrid nature of it is going to be critical because not everybody is going to be able to walk down the hallway any longer and get a response. So yeah. the idea that an opportunity comes into an institution and you can have seven, eight or nine different functions and or people review that opportunity and move that opportunity from one part of the process to the final end of the process for approval with the necessary uh, oversight uh, needs a digital digital workflow platform and um, banks and credit unions that are doing that well are going to have a competitive advantage in terms of reduction of error, speed, and just responding to the marketplace to win that business before their their competitors can can really get to the point of being able to make a decision. That's the role that we play more than any. And COVID just brought that forward because they had to figure out a way to do business when they weren't physically in the same locations and the benefits of all of that come with the implementation of a platform like that. Very well said. I think I read somewhere that COVID sort of compressed five years of digital transformation into like a quarter. (laughs) You know, I'll tell you, we, um, you know, I'll never, uh, I think it was the third week of March. I think it was around St. Patty's Day, but I'll never forget that. We went into the weekend thinking, hmm, we may have to do something next week. And then Monday, we basically went 100% remote, shut down the office. We're a Microsoft Teams shop, so we were very proficient in working uh, in person and remote before. So we were ready for it, but we had never really implemented uh, effectively a disaster recovery program that fast. And we weren't sure how financial institutions were going to be able to respond to that. And then uh, on top of that, we had PPP, you know, out of the gates in terms of what we needed to do to be able to respond or support that. And then what financial institutions had to do to be able to support it. It was it was remarkable when you're sitting there looking at second quarter 20, uh, what was going to happen, what what could happen with financial institutions in terms of whether they were going to stay committed to uh, improving their digital platforms or not. And effectively, what they they not only committed, they doubled down on it and brought it forward. And it really has not stopped. I would say the only challenge we really had from decisions and implementations in in 20 is PPP took a lot of resources that historically we would have been working with on normal implementations and projects. And really, for six to nine months, they were solely focused on uh, serving uh, the market and ensuring that especially small business, uh, had the li- liquidity they needed uh, to get to the other side. And, uh, and that program worked out well. But it was, we didn't know where it was going second quarter 20 and effectively what it's done and it hasn't stopped is, uh, you know, the commitment to digital platforms 
and digitizing everything that a financial institution does is here to stay and will only increase. Yeah, yeah. So after a bank digitizes their platform, what do you see in terms of best practices of of how they kind of go to market with that advanced platform? Are there there things that people do well to, to really promote that platform? Yeah, I think the most important thing with a platform like ours and and others, you know, anybody in this space is to understand these these platforms are very large and they're very complex and they can do a lot and they can offer a lot. But what's critical for a financial institution is understand what's appropriate for them, how you want to configure and consume for them to best support their business. Um, uh, That's really critical. So that that can take some time on the front end, but it's well worth that investment to ensure that it's doing everything necessary to support uh, specifically, you know, the segments that they're targeting, the way they like to lend. And especially, and I would argue in terms of best practice, we also have uh, significant capabilities in risk management. So portfolio risk management, the idea that you've made a loan, the loan is sitting out there. And now what are the triggers that we are going to have to continue to monitor to ensure that the, the health of that loan over the lifetime of that loan. You know, when you talk about a best practice, I think that's obviously one of the most critical ones for financial institutions. I think especially now as we go into 22, because we're clearly, I mean, banks are flush with deposits as we know. Yep. Uh, there's a pent up demand, consumer and commercial for lending, we believe. Credit is starting to loosen to some degree because they want to take this money and put it to work. But what's going to be critical here over the, over the next 12 months, because we're going into kind of, you know, unforeseen waters here in terms of where COVID is actually going to go from here. And then clearly the Fed and what is the Fed going to do? And that combination, uh, what, uh, what's that going to mean for the economy overall? So risk management is going to be critical to have tools in place for to know that the, the, the lending you're doing today you're going to have the ability to monitor effectively and manage effectively, you know, not necessarily today, but the end of 23, 24, 25, where it could get interesting depending on what happens today. So, you know, I think it when we see best practice from our perspective, it, first off, you got to have the platform and the tools in place. You got to have the resources available that understand how to configure and utilize it to best support the business. And, uh, and then there's so many things you can do in terms of workflow to make it more expedient, uh, more supportive of the roles that you have in the institution, hierarchies of decision, and then the risk management tools uh, available that once a decision is made and that lending or that loan goes out, uh, you have the ability to continue to monitor it and make sure that it stays healthy. And if not, do what's necessary to get it in the right place. So, and this was a natural tie-in. So when you see, are, are FIs doing anything, uh, you know, using your platform or how it connects to their data infrastructure to, to really mine all that data and say, okay, where are the best opportunities from a growth, from a, you know, kind of a risk-adjusted perspective? Yeah. What are you seeing on that front? Yeah, I think it's similar, in turn, especially through portfolio monitoring and you get triggers specific to certain segments or industries that we know are under pressure or are going to continue to be under pressure. I think what's critical for financial institutions now is understanding where they want to get aggressive and they want to um, uh, be the lender of choice and where they may want to be more conservative. And uh, And obviously, our our system is going to, our platform is going to allow them the visibility into their current client base in those particular segments uh, that would give them 
good insights into how that segment is performing or not. You know, travel and hospitality, leisure, uh, the restaurant business, you know, for instance, uh, commercial real estate in general, but what types of commercial real estate and then quite frankly, what geographies. You know, everything that is specific to those segments, we would have available for them to be able to mine and better understand and then be able to, uh, again, watch for those triggers on the existing loans that they have and anything that that, that may tell them in terms of uh, the markets that they're serving. From everything you've seen in the long history, working with banks, um, yep. you know, if you were to say, for example, take a CEO job at a bank, Mm-hmm. What are the what are the top three things that you would have that bank do, you know, tomorrow to make sure they're driving better loan growth? Yeah. Could be anything. Yeah. I, well, I, again, I always get back to you'd go in and assess what what are they doing for the, what do they have in place in terms of sure. uh, technology and then processes in terms of decisioning, you know, taking opportunities, taking them through the decision. And, uh, you know, do they do they have the right technology and platform in place first? Second, I'd, you always want to take a look at the, the organization in terms of people and skill set. That is yep. a very, very challenging environment today. And, and yeah. maintaining, uh, uh, you know, top talent, uh, I know, is a real struggle for financial institutions. It's a struggle for technology providers. So that would be a priority one. You're not, you know, you may have a very strong platform and technology tool that's Underneath that sits underneath decisioning, but it still has to be implemented and supported by people. And certainly in terms of uh, supporting loan growth in the end, those in, in many cases, that's going to involve, especially in larger small business or commercial, that's going to involve some of your best people. So you got to make sure you've got a great organization in place for that. And then, the you know, uh, again, we're going into a very, um, could be some choppy waters here in terms of 22 and 23, depending on what we talked about as far as COVID and, and, the, and the Fed increases. So, so having your best and brightest tools and people um, available, understanding your risk management and your risk profiles of your markets or your clients is going to be absolutely critical uh, as we navigate 22 and into 23. Uh, you know, the last thing I would say, and it's not necessarily, you know, it's more work that we do with Infusion, but I think it's a lot of these opportunities come out of an origination system, but it, it's the idea of making sure you're in constant communication with your client base, current clients and prospects and understand unmet needs and wants and, and where they are in terms of demand for either consumer, small business, uh, lending and being able to constantly market to them through multiple channels to ensure that they understand what you have, what's available, and how to communicate and do business with the financial institution to support any of those uh, opportunities as far as loan growth. I mean, we talk about this omni-channel marketing, but it's certainly, you know, effectively being able to go to market through any digital or physical channel and have the same type of messaging information and then being able to share information across those channels is critical. Again, it's only gotten more more investment over the last couple of years because of COVID and that's not going to stop. And that's going to be critical to maintain that client base and continue to support it for growth. All, all the way around. I mean, that's really a yeah. kind of a holistic growth strategy. Have the right systems, have the right people promoted effectively. And there you go. 
Yeah, it's very competitive market across the board. You not only, you know, the competitors, whether it's financial institution or a technology provider, we have great competitors. Uh, we're always, um, you know, we're competing all the time in terms of capability and functionality of what our uh, platform can do, the professional services that we can wrap around it to ensure that it's configured and can support the clients in terms of how they want to consume it or use it. And then in general for talent on the development, on the service delivery, uh, sales marketing uh, executive, uh, it's a relatively, it's a very specific area of the financial services industry. And um, there's a limited number of people with deep experience in it that can add a lot of value right away to client conversations and the competition for for them, like it would be financial institutions and lenders, for instance, in that particular geography would be very similar. So you got to assemble the right team that can win. There it is. Assemble yep. the right team that win. Yep, <laughs> that's right. I tell everybody, I'm just, I, you know, I'm, I'm like any coach on the field. You know, you got all these inputs you got to put together and then you got to go out and compete. And uh, that's what we try to do every day. Awesome. Well, so as we wrap up, John, you know, speaking of um, putting the right team on the field, it, knowing everything you know today, if you could go sit down with your younger self, what advice would you give yourself based on all your lessons learned? This too will pass. <laughs> you know, I think about, uh, and uh, in, I'm somewhat serious about that because I've been in, you know, I've been in pretty frontline technology, high pressure businesses now for 30 years, uh, a little over 30. And I've had a lot of moments, probably five or six or seven that I can distinctly remember that I thought this is it. I'm not sure I can get over this, this situation with a particular company. And I'm not sure what the ramifications would be. You know, there's never anything unethical or anything. It was just poor performance of the business, very dissatisfied clients. And you're really struggling to understand how you're going to recover from this. And are you, is that particular region or that particular business going to be able to make it through this? And lo and behold, here I am. You know, if, if you can just take a deep breath in almost all instances, take a step back, there are ways to figure, uh, you know, figure a path out of almost all situations. And um, it's just, you know, having a calm head, uh, you'll wake up tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be okay. Just assemble the right people, dissect the issue, and uh, and then put a plan up, attack in place, and go get it done. So I think I'd always remind myself, especially younger people, you know, relax. It's going to be okay. Work through it. Uh, this ain't, this is not the first tough situation. It won't be the last, but you're going to be okay. So that, that's that's what I try to tell my kids along the way. There you go. Yeah. Well, John, thanks so much for coming on the show and sharing your insight and wisdom. You bet. Thank you for the invite. I appreciate it. Appreciate the uh, partnership with Infusion and everything you guys do with us. It's, uh, it's been a joy to work with. That's it for today on Top Quartile. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to Top Quartile wherever you find podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, we'd really appreciate a five-star rating. And if you're interested in getting an opportunity assessment, head over to infusionmarketinggroup.com to learn more. Thanks for listening.